Welcome to From the Sidelines, an unfiltered look inside the sports industry, a production of the Hart School of Hospitality, Sport, and Recreation Management at James Madison University. I'm Ashley Doyle, an alumni of the Hart School. And I'm Dr. Joshua Pate, a professor in sport and recreation management at the Hart School. This podcast is presented by the Hart School Alumni Network. The purpose of the Hart School Alumni Network is to develop lifelong heartfelt connections and professional growth opportunities between students, faculty, alumni, and their communities. To learn more about how to get involved, please visit our link in our bio. Here is this month's episode. Ryan Bishop with us, graduated in 2020, correct me if I'm wrong, from SR from the SRM major, so undergrad in sport recreation and management. Um, you are currently now an event coordinator with CSC in the DMV area. Um, so welcome Thank you. to our podcast. Um, love having you here. Uh, kind of it's kind of cool and interesting when I was kind of like looking you up and like doing my own little research. Yeah. Um we graduated at the same time, mm-hmm. um, but you were undergrad and I was yeah. grad school. So I will be interested to see as we talk kind of what your experience was like um, in that time of graduating and mine. Um, so it'll be interesting. But first, kind of one, tell us about, tell us, first, tell us what CSC means. Because me. CSC, okay. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> seriously. Um, I, you're going to, so CSC stands for Contemporary Services Corporation. Um, they're probably one of the biggest crowd management companies in the United States. Uh, they started out in, uh, 1967, um, by the owner, which I should know his name, but, um, he started it when he was in college. Um, you know, he was going to sporting events and noticed that there was a need for, uh, crowd management. Um, so, uh, fast forward to 2021, they have, uh, I think it's 48 branches across the United States. Um, they're based out of California. Uh, that's where the biggest branch is. Um, and I work at the Washington DC one. Um, the next closest one would be, we have a smaller branch in West Virginia. We have our next biggest one would probably be, uh, Philly or, and then they're expanding into Florida a lot. And, um, and then they have one in New York, which is growing a lot as well. Um, but CSC, what they do a lot of is at the front gates of, uh, you know, venues like sporting venues or entertainment venues, they're doing the security screening. So either you're walking through a walkthrough metal detector or you're, they, we are using a wand to screen you. Um, and then based on the venue's policies on prohibited items, um, you know, we're trying to catch those things before they uh, get inside the building. Oh, yeah. So kind of, Rewind. Yeah. How'd you get there? How did I get there? Um, to be honest with you, I never thought I would be working in security with sports and entertainment. Cause you know, I don't really think I, you know, in like the undergrad program, I don't think that's one thing we really covered so much. I think it's, that's more covered like venue management and security is covered probably in the master's program. Um, so you know, I, never, I never thought I was going to get there. Um, but uh, do you want me to kind of go like from when I graduated all yep. the way till then? Yep. Okay. So, um, so I graduate. So let me let me actually start. 
Um, so I was one of those students that did their uh, internship after uh, all my schoolwork was done. So, you know, I was supposed to walk in May, never got to, and then I needed to do my uh, internship. Um, and that's when it came down to, they were like, hey, you can do your internship almost anywhere because of COVID, we understand. Uh, but I was fortunate enough that um, JMU, the Athletic Facilities Program, um, they, you know, cause I worked for them for a, a year and a half while going to school there. Uh, they were lucky, I was lucky enough to uh, do my internship there uh, for, I think it was like 150 hours. I needed it. So I was there about a month, uh, you know, just doing everything I could while COVID was, I think, cause it was, I mean, there was no students on campus during the summer or no athletes as well. Um, so did that, uh, finished that. Were you on, so were you on campus as you were doing that? Yeah, I mean, I was- Like with athletics? <clears throat> I was, but there was no students. That's the thing, like JMU did a really okay. good job, their athletics program of trying to attain as many employees as possible. I don't think they had too many layoffs in their athletic department. Um, so they did a really good mm -hmm. job on that, um, keeping their staff. So like all the coordinators for faci athletic facilities, which I worked in, stayed um and i was on campus uh i was at centera park <clears throat> i was at centera park i mean that's where i worked when i was a student as well when everything was still a thing um but you know like they're like hey if we could use you anywhere you know we will but for the most part um just try to do your best maybe just like do some stuff you know we really wouldn't you know take uh, advantage of this time to maybe you know clean up certain areas, uh, you know, get inventory of stuff we've never really gotten inventory of. So I, I tried to do my best with what I could. Um, I was just grateful I could keep it in sports. Um, and then after that was done, um, I think, you know, I, come, I took some time off, maybe like two or three weeks, just from coming back home, moving all my stuff back home. And then uh, it was time to get a job. So, there was no sports. So I <laughs> was looking for anything and everything for a job. Uh, I went to, I went through a temp agency to get a job. My first job out of, out of college was at a data center here where I live, changing air filters and HVAC systems on the roof. So I was doing that for quite a while. Uh, that contract ended. I was out of work for two weeks. And then they said they had a, the temp agency said they had a need for a construction company for a laborer. So I was doing that full time. And then there's this sports complex in Springfield, Virginia. Um, it's about like, I think it was two years old at this point. Um, they were hiring. Um, lucky for them, there's a lot of college students looking for jobs. So they, I think they hired 13 of us. All of us had, you know, all of us went to college, were eager, we all graduated looking for jobs. It, it was only part-time work, that's all it was. And the pay was, uh, it wasn't the best at all, but you know, it was a part-time pay, right? Yeah, it was, like, was part-time pay and it was the only thing in sports in the area. Uh, like the St. James was one of the only sports complexes that really stayed open. And I think the, the reason they did it is because they were so new and they're for profit. So they didn't want to go under and they're just trying their hardest to stay open. 
Um, and they did it, they did it really well. I mean, their COVID guidelines were very strict, um, you know, almost little to no fans, but, you know, as long as, I mean, the athletes were allowed to participate in the leagues that we had going on. So um, I, uh, I got that job. I kept the construction job at the same time. So I was doing full-time construction and then part-time working at that sports complex, probably working anywhere from 65 to 70 hours a week just doing that. Um, there were some times uh, while I was working, you know, seeing all my other friends, you know, who didn't major in sports management, seeing them able to get jobs during the pandemic, work, work remotely. Um, you know, they were happy with their jobs. They, uh, you know, they're okay. They were fine with the pay and everything. There were some times where I was like, do I really want to stay in sports? Is it, um, is it a safe bet? What if there's another pandemic? I'm out of a job in the future um but you know in the back of my head I was like you know I really would like to use my degree you know all that money I spent on my degree I really like to use it in the field I studied so um you know 11 uh once I you know I was doing that working construction and then that sports complex for about 11 months I was doing that 11 or 10 months and then there was an opportunity to work at a ice rink. Um, nothing, I've never played hockey before. Uh, never had anything to do with ice whatsoever. Um, I applied for it on Facebook. That's where they put up the advertisement. Um, you know, he saw my resume. He gave me a call. We did like a phone interview real quick. He called me to come in. I did a tour of the place. Um, he was like, you know, we'd really like to have you on board. Um, I took the job, so <laughs> I was driving, I was a facilities manager there. <clears throat> I was driving a Zamboni. Um, you know, that's something I've never done before. And the fact that I can say I've driven a Zamboni uh, is pretty cool. Uh, I was there. That's gotta be, that's gotta come up at like, you know, social events that you're at yeah. and trivia and stuff like that oh right? for sure for sure like I usually, everybody wants to drive a zambo yeah, you realize it's fun it, it was pretty fun um i did i didn't crash the zamboni but i did uh i hit one of the walls and put a <laughs> hole into it so uh because it, it it was it's not like a full-size rink that you guys are thinking of probably it's like one third the size of an actual ice hockey rink so it's a lot harder to drive a zamboni on as well because it's there's a lot more turns, a lot sharper turns. Um, no excuse. My operations, my operations brain is like, I'd be pissed. That operations manager was probably pissed oh, at yeah, you, the, director of ops. So, I, mean, like, it, it I can a, only imagine. It was a very mom and pops type place. Uh, so the GM was, uh, you know, he, he was there all the time coaching as well. Yeah. And uh, no, he was not very happy because, I mean, I had to stay one night it took us six hours to change one board six hours and that was the original board when it was built you know like when there's no ice super easy to yeah. put in but when there's ice you have to chip away the ice you have to melt the ice make sure that it will fit again all this cutting measuring um but yeah no after i changed it i was like i'll never do that again but um yeah i was there for about a month uh, because yeah. I saw that um, because you wrecked the Zamboni <laughs> yeah one because I wrecked the Zamboni but uh, I just figured that you know they said you're out yeah but um I don't think I like the uh the whole I don't know if hockey was really my thing um you know I tried it 
for about a month. I don't know if it was really my thing. Um, and that's the one thing I really like working with people. And when I was working there, I really felt like I was just like a one man person. That's it. And I was like, man, I need to like socialize with people. Like that's, that's one of my things. So I was like, I'm going to, you know, I feel like my, my happiness was a little bit more important. So that's where I was like, you know, I'm going to try to look for another job. And then I saw on LinkedIn that this company CSC was hiring. Um, I put my, you know, I applied for it. Um, I applied for it and um, there were, I think I did two or three interviews. It was very competitive because it came all the way down to the end. And they actually, my uh, head boss um, actually interviewed me, our VP of operations for the Northeast region had to step in and do another interview just because they really couldn't decide. It was so um, competitive. You know, in the end, they ended up hiring two people instead of just one because uh, I think my uh, the pool of recruits was just so good. Um, they actually hired three, but the other guy got a different position. But um, the, the three of us, uh, you know, we ended up getting hired and uh, we work with each other all every single day, you know, all the events we go to. But uh, another thing I like to touch on too is uh, all through this process, I was applying for sports jobs left and right. Um, I think, I just think that the, uh, the, um, the competition was so high. Like I applied for a job at JMU at that, the new arena that opened up and like, I got all the way down to the last interview, uh, got the call that I didn't get it. Um, I was a little disappointed in it, but, um, that is one thing that I learned was that, you know, you know, almost like everything happens for a reason. Um, I think it was a better fit that um, I didn't get the job at JMU um, just because, you know, all my family's here up in Northern Virginia. Uh, you know, like my girlfriend's here. A lot of my friends are here. Um, you know, I would have had to almost pretty much like restart in Harrisonburg. That might've been tough as well, but um, you know, just everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I was, when I was applying for all those jobs, uh, there was even one, I applied for an internship. I was gonna even take an internship out of college, even though I already had one. Um, it was three rounds of interviews for an internship. I was really surprised. I was like, wow, three rounds. And you know, I don't, I don't even think I made it to the third one. I was like, wow, this is really crazy. Like that's what really stuck out to me. I was like, wow, there's a lot of competition right now. I mean, I was probably going against people with, you know, master's degrees probably like 10 years in the industry going for visit like almost entry positions because that's like almost the only thing that was uh, available or even like the only position a lot of the positions I saw you know at like the collegiate level was like assistant director's positions and I was like there's no way I'm gonna apply for those like even I heard did you apply so you didn't so you didn't apply for them I didn't apply for them just because I realized I didn't have the, uh, I didn't have the experience. Um, and that's the one thing uh, when I did my interview with JMU, because they had an opening for an assistant director's position. And um, 
I mean, they told me that like some of these candidates that are applying have like zero experience, you know, but they, you know, they have a degree and they think, you know, they deserve that. And I feel like that's just something I kind of realized. I'm not trying to, um, you know, scare people away from applying for things. I mean, you know, I think it's always good to just try to get your resume in there, you know, by the chance somebody might see and be like, oh, we could use this person for something else. You know, that's what, that's what people always tell me, you know, personally, I've never seen it, you know, myself and my personal experience. Um, I just thought I kind of, at that point, I really just wanted to put all my attention towards something I really could get and try to put all my energy towards that. Um, yeah. You know what, Ryan, I think one of the things that, that you're saying right there, that when, when you put your resume into a position, mm-hmm. um, if it doesn't work out, I think where the way I've interpreted what the, what others have told you mm-hmm. is that a year later, there may be an opportunity come available at that same place yeah. and with the same hiring manager. And they're going to think back and think, you remember Ryan, we had him all the way to this level of our interviews. Yeah. We got to reach back out to that yeah. guy or we got to reach back out no, to this candidate. That does happen. I mean, like with uh, where I work now, I mean, some of the people that didn't make it there, we, they held, we hold on, they held on to their resumes and we've they actually gave their uh, resumes to other people and they ended up getting hired by a different company that they, you know, didn't even apply for. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to scare people away from, you know, obviously I'm not going to apply for an athletic director of a university. I mean, that's just crazy. I'd like have zero experience, right now, but you know, you know, never, I should say, you know, never be scared to apply, but you know, that's just my personal experience with it. I think too, um, with just athletics in general, um, assistant director is just, it's just the title. Um, so, and Mm -hmm. that's where I say, don't be teared away from the title because I've applied for jobs and like my mentors were like, go for it. Like the description, like the experience, like you have the the qualifications that they're looking Mm -hmm. for. The title is just a title. So like, I would say for anyone who's like listening to this, like, yeah, go for it. Like shoot for the stars. Like who cares? Yeah. Put your name in that, put your name in it. Like, you never know. Like, yeah. I know people who have interviewed for that one position and they're like, actually, you're better for this position. So I think what you're saying yeah. too, is like, just you threw your name in the hat and like, it happened the way it happened. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's great. Um, what you have also said too, is like a lot of your experience came from just like operations facility side. And mm-hmm. that is definitely not a hard, that is definitely built for certain people and I applaud you for like sticking with it and going like doing it because like I was in it um and it's not an easy gig um so for sure like just like applauding you on like sticking through it and being like hey like I got this degree I want to use it um but too like your degree is a piece of paper too so like your experience and your work experience is going to get you so further than what that degree what you got your degree in so yeah. And yeah, that's the thing too. That I remember there's one thing that Dr. Naza said when he said when you were applying, you he's like, he has a doctorate, right? He can he's gonna be applying to probably like a hundred places. He says if you if you have a bachelor's degree, you need to be applying to probably like a thousand different jobs. And I realized that so fast when graduating that that is so true. 
it sucks. The, the applying process sucks. You have to fill out your name, your personal information. You have to put in your resume and then you need to fill out your experience again, you know, in all those little boxes, even though you already turned in your resume and like, it, it was, it was such a grueling process, but, um, no, um, definitely happy where I am now. Um, like with my experience, I've had a lot of, uh, facilities and in operations, a lot of general labor type work, um, with sports. Um, I know, and that's the one thing I was looking for was like event coordination. Um, you know, I feel like that was one thing I was, uh, lacking for, uh, where I want to be, um, career-wise with sports, uh, was lacking event experience. So the fact that I was able to, uh, get this position was, uh, very huge. Well, one thing that sticks out, Ryan, is that you mentioned how you were, you continue to be persistent in the area of sport. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you, you said you watched your friends get jobs uh, during pandemic time and knowing that many of your job opportunities were limited because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so two things, I'm going to ask you about a sports related focus. Um, when you were going through your education process, why did you choose to work in sport? But then, especially after you got your degree, what kept drawing you back to sport and keeping you there? Um, so why I went to for sports for my uh, study was, uh, I remember I went to, uh, straight out of high school, I never applied to a single college. Never applied to a single college. The only one I did was Northern Virginia Community College. And I got my acceptance letter the very next day. Um, but um, yeah, because I had no clue what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I wasn't a bad student in high school. Um, I had good grades, um, but I just wasn't that into school. Um, but my parents were the ones that really pushed me to uh, keep going. And um, I went to Nova just to save some money. But at the same time, I didn't know what I wanted to do at the time. So I, I thought like, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't want to spend a whole bunch of money on a four-year school if I don't even know what I want to do. Um, but it was actually my advisor, um, you know, towards the second, towards the end of my second year, um, you know, applying for thing, applying for colleges, uh, trying to see what degree I wanted to do. Um, you know, I played sports my entire life. I played baseball for 10 plus years. I played football for like eight. I played lacrosse for two, um, you know, just uh, sports with my family the Michigan games always on the Washington football team games always on every Sunday. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, just every weekend was going to a game, whether it was mine or my sisters, uh, sports, honestly, has just been in my life for so long. Um, and she was like, Hey, um, have you ever thought of, you know, doing like a sports management degree? And you know, I didn't know that was a thing. I really, I honestly did not know that was a thing. Uh, and I thought it was so cool. Um, and I saw that JMU had one, you know, it's in Virginia, like two hours away from home. Um, so that I applied to JMU. Um, that's the only college I've ever applied to was JMU. Um, got accepted. Um, I, uh, you know, did the sports management program. Um, but there's one event that really stuck out to me as a kid. Uh, it was the Big Ten Conference uh, championship that was held in Washington, D.C. It was Michigan versus Wisconsin. Um, I've never got to see Michigan 
win a championship in anything in person. But uh, me and my dad, we got tickets, went to DC to the Capital One Arena. I think, I think this was 2013. I still have the ticket in my room and actually put some of the confetti when they won it inside the little like ticket holder. But um, just to like experience that, um, that whole event, you know, from the time it started to when they won the championship, I was like, I really want to be a part of this, you know, for like, you know, the rest of my life, putting on events like this, seeing the fans smile, uh, you know, knowing that they got that same feeling when their team wins, you know, that'll just give me so much gratitude, you know, with my work um, to see that happens, you know, that makes me smile. That's usually what I tell people uh, when they're like, you know, what, what is it what you want to do or why do you want to do sports? It's just, you know, uh, seeing those people smile, that experience they get from going to an event, you know, sporting or entertainment event, you know, seeing them happy, knowing that they had a great experience. Just that hurts my heart. Just a little <laughs> bit. Just because you're like Michigan and I'm like clearly saying many obscenities in my head while you're speaking of it. Um, just because I'm, I'm a Maryland fan. And I just don't like That's the thing. every time That's the thing. I, I face you guys, I can't, I yeah. can't handle it. But that's the thing. I um, that's the crazy thing too. I work at Maryland every almost every single day. So I was there yesterday for the basketball game. They played George Mason. Um, so we lost. We lost. We lost. I, I know. About I saw. That. I was so crazy that game. Uh, but I also I'll be there on Saturday. Well, George George Mason's gonna get beat on Friday here. So I uh, I hope that I see I, I see JMU is doing really good. Jamie really good. Yeah. So that, that's exciting. Come up, James. Yeah. Sunbelt, let's go. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I might be wearing my Michigan jersey under my Maryland shirt on Saturday. So, we'll see. Hey, y'all got it. Honestly, we're playing on <laughs> senior day. <laughs> if we just get points on the board, I'll be happy. <laughs> oh, man. But I am a Maryland fan when they're not playing Michigan. Go Terps. Right. All day. Right. Hey, I've been to the big house. The big house is, that's an experience. I was there when we actually beat you guys at Mar like Maryland, Michigan played each other. I was at that game. That was a great Oh, memory. damn. Yeah, that's what, that's the thing. Like me and my dad, we used to do that every single year. We go to one Michigan game, but obviously now I can't do that yeah. because every time there's a Michigan game, there's a Maryland game. So, or there's a Washington football team game. So I'm either working Saturday or Sunday every weekend. Cool. That's a bowl game. Yeah. That's why you go to the bowl games, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's another that's another thing I like about this job. Um, I get to work at so many venues, like Capital One Arena, FedEx Field, uh, Capital One Field. Um, there's a, we have some other venues like the new Capital One Hall that opened up in Virginia. It's like a theater. I uh, get to work there, so. It's pretty cool. What's been that, um, like, what's wild and crazy that you've seen just in this short amount of time? You know, like, we can go into a venue that you're working and we see <laughs> the people you're working with or we know what that job is, but take us behind the scenes and let us know, like, what is it really like? Or what's a, what's a situation that the average fan would have no idea about? Uh, they probably have no idea about how hard it is to actually staff an event. 
that is the hardest thing we are going through right now. I've been going through it the whole football season. Football games require the most staff. And with this shortage of labor right now, it is crazy. I know when, we, when I first got there, that is one of the first things I did was pick up a phone. I had a list of probably over 500 people. I had to call and ask if they would work a football game. That is probably the most stressful part about the job is making, sh is making sure that our numbers are met. Because at the end of the day, we have a job to make sure that we can get the fans in as quick and safely as possible. And to do that, we need staff. That is the hardest thing to do. I think too, I just wanna to touch on that, like giving background to CSC is a third party. You guys are contracted out to come into these venues. I was an operations manager. The operations manager is the point of contact for the security, for the supervisors. So you guys struggling with staff is one thing, but that's y'all's only struggle. But when it comes to the stadium ops manager, director, whatever, we have a certain limit, like max of security that we need to staff the stadium. So taking that into consideration, that's like, if you guys don't have enough staff, we don't have the safety part of our venue we're yeah. promising to the fans. So that's on us too, as operation to be like, hey, like what's your staffing number for today? Because at the end of the day, a lot of people don't know as the operations manager for each league that is in a stadium, we have to fill out a post like game report. You guys probably do on your end too, but there's a minimum number of security that we have to have per league yeah. that is required. So like yeah. it, it sucks because it's like we could it get is. fined for it. And so like we yeah. have to pay that five grand every time we don't have. So it's like, I get it. I get the struggle. It was, it was the one thing every game day I did not want to deal with because I knew we would be short. Yep. It, it's just like being short, um, you know, we may have a number going into the event, but you know there's going to be some people that are not going to show up to work. And so um, it really comes down to like five minutes before you send everybody to their post. It's like, you know, because you don't know. Like I'm one of those people that like really love to be prepared. I know this is how many people will be here. This is how many will be here. But I've kind of had to switch, you know, with everything going on right now. It's like, all right, well, we're not going to know until probably a minute or five minutes before uh, we need to be in place, how many people we're going to have. So it's kind of like on the go, you got to be pretty fast, pretty sharp. Like, all right, this is what I can do here. This is what I can do there. Um, but uh, no, I think I've uh, uh, gotten pretty, pretty good at that. Um, you know, especially with the football, that is the worst ever. Like basketball games, no problem. No problem staffing them at all. Football, that's a different story, especially because it's outside and it's cold. Yep. So a lot of people don't like to be out in the cold. Yeah, no. It's <laughs> so, rough. That's, that, that's probably the number one thing that fans don't really see. For sure. So. Transition, you kind of touched a lot on, like, just your journey throughout it all. Um, and, like, you touched on, like, the pandemic in general. Just kind of navigating through, like, I graduated in the pandemic. I had the same struggles you did um, of just – and again, like not wanting to compare degrees at all, but you had a, you had a bachelor's degree and it was hard. I had a mm -hmm. master's degree and it was hard. So like going back to like yeah. 
the degree at that point didn't matter. It was just like, I was so nervous to get into it because I was like, I don't know what's going to yeah. happen. Like we yeah. may not have sports after the pandemic and going through all of that. Did it change your perspective on it? Like, how did you navigate it? You kind of talked about that, but like you touched on it. Like you were like, I don't want to, I may not want to do it. So like what, what in you through that whole journey were you like, okay, like we're going to get through this. Like what was your end tunnel moment where you're like, now I'm going to do it. Uh, I just like, I think it was, I think it was like working in construction, honestly, like it was grueling, like working in, like I worked through all types of weather with construction. That's how long I was there. Um, and I did a lot of general labor. Like I've been doing that like my whole life, uh, just working outside and just being in the elements and I probably did it for like probably like six plus years and then just that construction job was kind of like the icing on the cake um I was just like I, I don't know if I want to work outside 24 7 for you know the rest of my life I mean is this really a like I'm gonna be 30 or 30 years old and I'm gonna need back surgeries and all that my knees are gonna be my knees are gonna be shot you know I mean I just wanted to you know you know because I mean that's the thing with my job now like I'm in the office and I do work outside on an event day but you know I'm not in a 12-foot trench putting pipe together um you know standing in like a foot of water or anything um you know I don't have too many life-threatening things that are around me like heavy machinery I was just like I kind of that was kind of yeah that would probably be um the light that I saw I was just like I, I can't do this the rest of my life um you know and there was another thing I really during the pandemic I really wanted to prove people wrong you know that were kind of switching out of the sports industry you know I kind of wanted to stay true to like my degree and just keep keep pushing forward. You know, I, I just kept telling myself, you know, something's going to pop up, you know, something's going to pop up, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, um, you know, I kind of stayed true to that. And I found a job that I really do love. Um, I like it a lot. Um, just because honestly, because of the people that I work with as well, the people in the office are amazing. Everybody has the same, uh, the same work ethic. And that's one of the things too, in like the sports industry, you're going to work a lot of long hours. Um, and everybody, like every single department that I work uh, at, at my company, they are working like HR, they're going to events, they're working as well. Uh, payroll, she's going, going to events, she has a venue she manages. Um, our man, my manager, like our manager, our office manager, um, branch manager, she He's going to events nonstop. Our VP of operations, he is at an event almost every single day. So you, there's like zero complaining about how tired you are because everybody's doing the same thing. It's not just you. So. That's that's good to hear though. And I and I, I want to almost echo that. And like, that's not, doesn't happen in every professional environment or even just like a sporting league, professional college athletics, like, so lucky that you get you have that because there there is some organizations at their front office they come in they do their work they 
are off for three weeks and they missed 15 games and two events or like whatever, you know, like, so across the board, you guys are all on the same page of like, we're doing this, we're a team, we're doing it together. Like if we're all, one's going to be tired, we're all going to be tired. And I think that, that speaks volumes. And it goes back to just like building that culture and being very aware of like the culture and environment you're coming into taking a job. I've heard such good things about CSC. And then that's one thing I like to touch on too. Um, uh, the difference between like in the sports industry, a for-profit and a, you know, could be like college athletics, you know, if they're like a public university, um, Mm -hmm. there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. Um, like a for-profit that their main focus is money, which sometimes, Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes can be a bad thing. Um, you know, I work for a for-profit right now and I love it. Um, no complaints there, but I did work for another, uh, for-profit or two other for-profit, uh, in the sports industry. And, um, the, the culture there, um, was very much about the money and maybe not so much about the, uh, the employees. So that's kind of like one thing if, you know, if people are going to apply for a for-profit, when you're in that interview and they ask you if you have any questions, try to ask how the company culture is there. Or, you know, ask people that work there already, like, hey, how's the culture there? You know, do you like working there? I think it's very important when you're doing it for uh, a for-profit. Um, because that's one thing I noticed when I was working at these for-profit places. You know, I wasn't the happiest you know, just because I was like frustrated on certain things, you know, whether that be, you know, funding or, you know, like a budget reasons, you know, uh, it always came down to, you know, whenever you ask for something that you thought would make you more efficient, uh, better as a team, it always came down to, I don't think we have it in the budget, we can't do it. Um, And you know, you know, deep down, they have the money, they just don't want to do it. And it's like the small, it's really the small things you know, that I was asking for, like the simple thing of asking for like a cart to help move things across a massive, a massive venue. Um, just asking for that was a struggle. I waited six months to get a cart. Just, you know, it was crazy. We, yeah, we, we kind of touched, we kind of touched on it in the first episode we did, Kate, but um the one thing I now wrote down because Pete wrote it down last time uh is front stage and backstage and we talked a lot about it in the last episode but just like you keep talking about operations and I want to emphasize so much and maybe this is just me being the ops person could not do events could not happen yep. without the ops people I, they are I so important that- yeah, the ops and facilities people, I feel like the unsung right. heroes, they are the first yep. ones in and they are the last ones out. Last ones and out. Nobody yep. ever sees them. The one thing I describe it as, I want to I want to take it like, a, like I, when I describe it to people like facilities or operations, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, a, I want to say it's a person. It's like a human body, right? I feel like we, we build the skeleton, right? And then like the events people and uh, marketing, uh, production and everybody else, dresses that person up to make them look you know like pretty beautiful and everything you don't see the skeleton at all you don't see facilities or operations at all i think that that's a wise wise way to look at it ryan i mean those are the uh 
those are people behind the scenes. And as Ashley mentioned, mm -hmm. and that's the backstage and front stage is the, when the lights come on, but the lights oh, don't yeah. come on if they're never yeah. plugged up. Right. Or if they're never, you know, put positioned in the right spot um, or the key is not unlocked the door. So uh, that's so many times when we've tried to recruit students to work, I'll point them in the facilities and operations direction because that can feed your knowledge about every other department because you're seeing all those other departments operate. Sometimes when you're in those other departments, you don't necessarily see what all goes on on the other moving parts. So, yeah, I mean, and that's the other thing too, is because like when when there every department needs a table, right? I swear, every department needs a table or they need a chair. Who are they going to call to get that? They're going to call facilities or operations. <laughs> so you are going to be dealing with any and every single department that is putting on events. And you need a so you're gonna you're gonna meet a lot of people. You're gonna meet a lot. You need of people. a cart. You need a cart to move those tables and chairs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need that cart to move it three floors up. So it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, uh, when you think, I mean, you've only been out of school a short period of time, yeah. relatively speaking, right? Mm -hmm. um, but just hearing your story and and talk about your experiences, it's clear that you've learned an abundance of knowledge yeah. and gained a lot of experience in a very quick time and a difficult time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in, in the classroom, I can talk about that all day long mm -hmm. to sophomores and juniors and even seniors, but some of that you just don't get until you yeah. start that first job. If yeah. you could share some advice to our current students, what would you share? Like I mean, you've already mentioned a couple of things that are, you know, bright and, and full of wisdom, but mm -hmm. what, what would you say to our current crop of students and then those who are considering sport and recreation management? Um, uh, some advice I could give. Um, I know it's said a lot, you know, in the classroom is just getting in, involved as much as possible. I feel like I was one of those students that kind of brushed it off and I kind of regret that. Um, but um you know, and that, that's like one of the things, like uh, working at JMU, um, I would take full advantage of that, uh, working at JMU while you're there. I mean, it's it's your school. You live right there. Um, the, the events that you're going to be able to do and the things you're going to be able to put on your resume are going to help you so far, you know, in the, in the future. Um, and getting that job at JMU, that was a shot in the dark honestly um it was just it was it was like a money thing like I needed money I was in college I was kind of broke at the time uh so and my mom was pushing me she was like hey you you need to get a job and I was like all right let me try to you know I applied to like Home Depot didn't hear anything <laughs> like Costco I didn't hear anything at all and then like let me try to do something in sports um so yeah I like went on the website it said send an email to so and so I did when I went for the interview he's like hey how did you hear about this I was like, oh, you guys had a thing up saying uh, send an email. I was like, no, I didn't know that was there, uh, but got that. Um, that was probably the best thing for me, honestly, uh, working at JMU. Uh, just the things I was able to put on my resume, uh, the opportunities I was given there. If you work hard as a student there, they will, uh, they will, they will definitely um, give you some great opportunities to uh, get into some like almost leadership type positions. You know, if you don't have any experience you know in a manager's position yet I know that's one thing we say in the classroom as well as like you know if you haven't had a 
manager's position yet. You know, you're kind of behind. Um, and I was behind for sure. I was one of those students. Um, but Jamie, you know, if you work hard, you show up. And that's the one thing too. I know a lot of students are focused on the experience when they're at college. Uh, but if you're able, there is definitely 20 hours out of your week that you are able to give up, you know, because I know there's definitely, there's a three hour window every single day that you are either at home, you know, just hanging out on the couch, doing absolutely nothing. You are able to give that up, you know, work three hours, uh, maybe a day or just every other day, work one event a week. Um, if you're able to do that, that will go so far for you. Also, uh, one thing for advice I'd like to give is um, if you're doing an internship or like the practicum for the hard school, try to branch out. You know, don't be afraid to travel, go to a different state and do that. I feel like that was one thing I really should have done. Um, you know, I did my practicum and my internship at JMU. I'm very grateful for it. Um, but, you know, just to, just to network, um, honestly, and just get a different experience. Um, and then try to uh, get in different departments of sports, you know? Uh, that's the one thing I did. I focused a lot on like operations and facilities just because I loved it so much. Um, but, you know, try to dip your feet in uh, different things. Um, for me, I mean, the reason I got that job at the St. James was because I had painting lines. I literally, that's like the one line that the guy saw. And I really think that was the one thing that got me the job there was painting lines because that's what I was doing when I was at the St. James. I was painting lines on their, their football field, you know. And it's all thanks to JMU for teaching me that. You know, I had some really good uh, teachers when I was there, um, you know, teaching me how to, you know, paint lines and everything. Uh, I mean, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. At every high school in our area mm -hmm. here at, around JMU needs a crew of people every football season to paint their field. Mm -hmm. Same for baseball, same for softball, yeah. uh, same for all their outdoor sports. Um, yeah. And the, the high school that I'm most familiar with, they beg dads of the kids to come out and they're out there spending their, you know, five and six hours on a Thursday to have the field ready for Friday night. Yeah, yeah it's funny you mentioned you believe that could have gotten you a job. Yeah, that, just that, that simple line on the resume. That's one thing I want to say too is like, it, can, it literally can come down to just one line on your resume yeah. that really grabs the attention of that person. You know, I think that was, it was that one thing that got me the job. And I was like, thank goodness I put that down. So, yeah. All, it all adds up to something and bigger picture will come too. So you kind of talked about it a little bit, um, but like, what was the turning point for you? Um, you kind of touched on it, and I think it was like the Michigan-Wisconsin game. Um, you were like, this is it. This is why I want to be in sports. Pate has his turning point where he's like, this is this is where I want to be. I've had mine. Um, we talked about it in our last episode. So, like, what's your, what would you say your turning point is where you were like, yep, this is it for me. Like, I'm doing it. Um, I had that, you know, at Michigan – uh, you know, I, like not working in sports moment. Um, but I think my turning point was honestly um, just, I think getting this job with CSC, um, you know, uh, just working at the, the different venues, um, working at the different venues, the, the people that I'm meeting, um, 
you know, in all different departments, um, just that game day atmosphere. I, I get excited. I get excited when it's event day, honestly. And, you know, uh, just I think the the high paced in, uh, energy come game day, just trying to get ready for everything. I think I uh, that really feeds me to do well, um, kind of like those high stress situations. Um, being put in those, uh, seeing that um, every single, not like, you know, every single event, you know, just making sure that we have everything ready to go uh, was kind of like, that was the turning point for me, getting that job. Um, I think working my first, I think working my first Washington game and then my first Maryland game, uh, just the atmosphere I saw I was going to be in every single day or every single event. I was like, yeah, this is something I definitely want to do. Um, you know, for the rest of my life, I, I don't want to be at a desk all the time. I know I'm at a desk, uh, right now during the week, but the fact that I get to, you know, there'll be some days during the week where I get to, you know, leave the office early to go to an event or, you know, that weekend I get to go and, um, I get to, you know, experience some of these events that I've been watching on TV for the longest time, um, you know, just like different uh, different festivals that we work, um, different, uh, you know, like we do work like presidential inaugurations. We do like parades for like, you know, if a Washington team were to win, we'd probably do the parade for that. Um, you know, just, I feel like, you know, being a part of that whole sporting event was kind of like the turning point for me just to see that I'd be able to do that. And so, you know. Cool. It's that adrenaline rush. Yeah. Enjoy it. No, seriously. I, man. Adrenaline rush, man. Yeah. Because there are there are there are days in the office where you're like, man, <laughs> I'm just making phone calls all day, or I'm just like picking up the phone. But then, like, I have to tell myself, I'm like, you know, at the end of this week, you got a you got a big game coming up, so you know, just stick it through. But that's what just keeps me drive my drive going is that uh, that energy. So that kind of ties into our last little segment um, of just like the mantra you live by, words of wisdom um, for, you know, students, anyone in the industry, just like in general in life. Um, I think, you know, mine comes from two of the professors I had in grad school, um, a couple mentors, just like those things. Um, Pates is, came from his mentor. Um, so what are those words of wisdom you would like to leave um, with us? Some of the words of wisdom I'd like to leave is it, with anything in life. This isn't just uh, the sports industry. Um, I'm a firm believer of hard work, being on time. Another thing to, from like a manager's perspective, if you give your employees the tools that they need to work, um, you will be very successful. And another thing I think a lot of managers don't realize is that you work your employees don't work for you, you work for them, for them. Like you're making sure that they have all this, they have the right training, they have the right, you know, tools they need, they have the right supplies and everything. As long as they have that, you will be very successful. That atmosphere um, that you have with your employees will be very good. Um, also one thing, don't be, don't be afraid to uh, try different things. That's one thing uh, with this new job, I've been put in a lot of positions where um, I'm probably uncomfortable. And, you know, I always heard like, you know, being put in uncomfortable situations will, uh, you'll grow a lot. 
you know, career-wise or just as a person, you'll grow. Um, I've learned that firsthand, and uh, that is probably some of the words I would give is just do not be afraid to do um, try new things because you you will grow so much. Yeah, I agree with that one. That's always my thing. You should always be uncomfortable. If you're comfortable, you're not learning anything. Um, but Pate, you got anything? Any final words? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was taking notes almost the whole time Ryan was talking. And uh, so a couple of things that he hit on that I would probably put my teacher hat on and uh, and share with students, right? Um, one of the things you said, Ryan, was not knowing until the last minute at your events, not knowing how much staff you're going to have or where you're going to be able to put them in places. Um, I really think our, you know, students need to work on this. Um, a lot of times students in our program and just in general, they're coming from a uh, situation where they're really focused on getting the right score yeah. or the right test grade or the right grade overall. But the reality is not the grade, it's it's being able to adjust and being able to uh, work on the fly yeah. and make decisions. Uh, I think we get a lot of that feedback from our student, from our internship <laughs> supervisors. Like I wish intern X would just be comfortable making a decision and taking a risk. And so I think that's so applicable to the classroom. Um, one of the things that I note, noticed here that you said that, uh, uh, you know, I feel like sometimes students come into our major and if we ask them their first or second year, hey, why are you majoring in sport and recreation management? Their response is, well, I just love sports or I've played sports. Yeah. And at the end of it all, that doesn't qualify you to get a job. And you showed that hard work and determination and drive and yeah. persistence is what yeah. is going to lead to that type of position. Uh, so I think you're living proof of that. Uh, so I applaud you for that. And then the last thing you just mentioned was putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. You're the second person that I've talked to within a week, um, who, you know, working in the professional field who has shared that advice uh, to put yourself in those uncomfortable situations. I think we're, especially with pandemic uh, surrounding us and sort of in a rear view mirror, um, we've kind of gotten adjusted to being comfortable. Uh, and being sheltered or being in some sort of circle or a bubble. And that can really limit your professional growth. And so I love the fact that you've shared, put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. If you don't like leading a meeting, put yourself in a situation where you have to lead the meeting. If you don't like public speaking, work on it. Try to get better at it. If you don't like um, being in social situations, try to do that. Put yourself in those uncomfortable situations. I do believe, like you're saying, Ryan, it's going to, um, it's going to lead yeah. to bigger and better. And things. that's another like to touch on is uh, just real quick, is um, you know when, you know you said you asked uh, you know people like why do they want to do sports management and they say oh I just love sports and I think what I see is that a lot of people that say they just love sports that's it they end up not going into sports when they're out of, when they're out of school you know right. what you really need to love is working. Because you're going to be working a lot, you know, and you, that's the thing. You might not, you might not even work in a sport or an entertainment uh, industry that you know you may ever like. You might paid attention to, you know. But I mean, like when I was at Jamie, I never played soccer in my life. I was working with the soccer team, but I loved what I was doing, facilities and operations. 
I loved working those long hours. That's the one thing people need to realize about sports. You know, it's not, it is sports for the most part, but it's a love for working hard and providing an experience for fans as well. You gotta love that. Well, I was gonna add my final words, but we're just gonna end with that because Ryan said it perfectly. I think one thing that I do wanna end with is you touched on just being involved, um, get involved at your university. And I will echo that and preach that. Jump at every opportunity, uh, does not matter what it is, email. Like you said, I sent an email. Wow. Like we, how we connected was LinkedIn. Like sending that, that yeah. opens so many doors. And like, I don't think people understand that one yeah. string of communication is everything. So Ryan, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Also missing work for this, um, yeah. but definitely yeah. loved connecting. Um, definitely stay in touch, uh, but appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you guys so much uh, for this opportunity. Uh, this this was great. This is my first first podcast ever. Um, this when I saw the opportunity, I was like, I definitely got to do this. You know, it's JMU. It's my alma mater. So I'm glad to get back. So thank you so much. Awesome, Ryan. We're super proud of you. Keep up the great work, and thanks for your sharing your wisdom. Thank you. Anytime. Anytime, guys.